So last week, we celebrated that Christ was risen. And we're going to fast forward seven weeks to the day of Pentecost. And upcoming weeks, Phil's going to go into Galatians. And so in between that time, something amazing happened. And so we'll give a little bit of background before we go into Acts 2. But uh, uh, if you you'll want to have your Bibles in whatever format ready, because I'm just going to go through the Scriptures. Um, but sometimes you need a little help in understanding things. And, and this particular chapter is a mighty, mighty event. Some call it the birthday of the church, uh, where the apostles were filled. And so I went to Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, and he wrote a book called Joy Unspeakable. Actually, it was taken from some sermons that he did at Westminster Chapel in London. And a great, great reformed thinker, balance, 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 and talk about the man knows the scripture. So um, I encourage you to look at this to, uh, if you're questioning about this or don't quite get everything, great resource for you. Uh, He'll point you to in the right path, I think, with the scriptures. Okay. So today's message is intended to cause you to seek more the fullness of God's spirit as demonstrated in Acts 2. Some things have happened in my life, and I'm sure they've happened in your life, to where you don't understand them. And sometimes our, our uh, tendency might be to try to interpret Scripture in the light of our experience. But that's backwards. We need to interpret our experience in the light of Scripture to make it make more sense. And this is a wonderful chapter for that. So that's what today's message, I hope it will cause all of us to seek more the fullness of God as demonstrated in Acts 2. So I look for a key passage to unlock or a key verse to unlock a passage sometimes. And sometimes there's more than one. But in this case... um, it was John 1.16 uh, to unlock Acts chapter 2, to help me understand what Acts chapter 2 written. So John 1.16 says, For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. So many of us want more and more of that grace and that fullness of life and Uh, I'm guilty of wanting to happen to God. I want to make an impact. I want to be the source of change and awe when really I should want God to happen to me. And that is what happens in Acts 2. God happens. 
little background before we get up to Acts 2 to help us help Acts 2 make more sense. So, this is the story of the baptizing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. Very clear in Scripture. He is the one that baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And so let's walk up to Acts 2 very quickly with four verses. John one thirty three says, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. I speak God speaking to John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is telling the people who came to see him. He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Speaking of Jesus. John seven thirty nine. Now this he said about the Spirit. Jesus said. Now this he said about the Spirit. Whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now that happened last week. Well, not last week, but, you know, Easter, Jesus was risen. So, you see the progression. God is saying to John the Baptist, you're going to baptize with water for the repentance, remission of sins, but I'm going to send somebody who's going to be the Savior of the world. He's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit, not just with water. But first, he has to be glorified. He has to rise from the dead. And then I'm going to give this gift. Now, some of you might be saying, well, but the Holy Spirit was, has always been. Yes, you are right. The Holy Spirit has always been Old Testament on, creation on. But he has not been given in this way to the church as a gift. John 20, 21 and 22, as Barbara read, peace be with you. This is Jesus after his resurrection. He comes to visit the disciples. Peace be with you as the Father has sent me. Even so, I am sending you. Wow, missions. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So now, the apostles have the Holy Spirit in John 20. A lot of people, there is some confusion sometimes. We automatically think Acts 2 is the coming of the Holy Spirit. It is the coming of the Holy Spirit, but not necessarily the initial receiving of the Holy Spirit. That happened in Acts, or John 20. So the Holy Spirit is received in John 20, but the apostles were not yet given this gift by Jesus. In Acts 1, 4, and 5, we come up to it. And while staying with them, he ordered them, Jesus, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He said this ten days. It was right before his ascension. Ten days later is when Acts chapter 2 took place. So, We have a key kind of, why is this here? Why did Acts chapter 2 happen? Why is Jesus baptizing his apostles with the Holy Spirit? Because of John 1, where he says, fullness, the grace upon grace. And this is what Jesus offers us. Grace upon grace. Fullness of the gospel. Fullness. Fullness. And so let's dive in now to Acts chapter 2. 
When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were together in one place. And by the way, and I'll be interjecting here as we go. The Pentecost is 50 days after the resurrection. Interestingly enough, it was also uh, 50 days after the uh, Passover uh, in the Old Testament. It was called the Festival of Weeks, and they got to the 50th day of the celebration, and they just called it the Pentecost Day because it was the 50th day. And now we are at 50 days after the uh, resurrection of Jesus. So when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were celebrating an Old Testament feast and laws in the city of Jerusalem. That's the day of Pentecost. They were all together in one place, the disciples were, when suddenly, isn't it funny how God sometimes comes suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, in this particular case, tongues is known languages. In this particular case, tongues are known languages because the Scripture interprets the Scripture. Now, notice there's a subliminal background thing going on that happens in our life today as well. God does an amazing event in, in your life and in my life. He does the extraordinary. Not the ordinary means of grace, but the extraordinary. He comes special, particularly uh, one-off here and there. And we then become a, God uses us as a means of grace to other people. Sometimes when we come to church, sometimes it's not always for you, but it's for God to use you as a means of grace to somebody else in the congregation. And this is what's happening to 3,000 people that God has elected and chosen and enabled and regenerated. Their hearts have been regenerated, ready and prepped and primed to receive the message that they are about to hear. And they do it, in, and God does it in such a magnificent way. And he says, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Why? Because of the festival. And at this sound, the multitude came together. And I love this because... I remember in China, I would be walking the streets, and one time I heard English. I was in a village, and I was walking, and there's only Chinese, and all of a sudden I heard English, and I, was, I stopped. And it was a southern accent. So I, I wanted to check it out. I wanted to see it. And I wonder, it would be just like God, not only to to. This, this language that he has given the apostles and the disciples to just start proclaiming. But I'll bet you, I wonder, it could be, it's just a hunch, it could have been specific things that God had done in their lives. And even calling them by name. Judas, George, Tom, Phyllis, 
Remember when I did this and this, and perhaps even their names are being used in their colloquial language that only their village uses. It just turned them around. But in any case, Scripture is clear. It attracted them. And at the sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all those who are speaking Galileans? It'd be like me and this someone speaking Southern Charlestonian or even worse, Greenville. And, and uh, it's a Chinese person. What? And they were amazed and astonished. They, are these people, are they, they are speaking, they're Galileans. And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongue the mighty works of God. In our own tongue! And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others were mocking. They're filled with new wine. And I love this because it just shows that God has regenerated some and they're ready to hear the gospel and others are not ready to hear the gospel. I never really understood the phrase, don't cast your pearls before swine. But I do now. Because sometimes people just aren't ready. And I used to be, when I was younger, I would be like, any opportunity to witness, any opportunity I just want to share, and I would witness sometimes at the most stupid times. And get people just look at me like, are you cool? And, okay, God may have used some things, but looking back, sometimes I feel like I cast precious, precious pearls of the gospel message before pigs, before people that laughed at it. The gospel is precious. And sometimes people are ready to hear and sometimes they're not. And sometimes we don't know that. We don't know which one they are. And so it's okay to take a chance. But anyway. So, others mocking. These who were not enabled to hear the message. Their hearts were not open. Their ears were not open to the gospel. And so they mocked. They said, we don't get it. We don't hear it. So they're just drunk. Peter's sermon So, this is what the baptism with the Holy Spirit did for the apostles and for the disciples. It filled them with boldness. And as you read through the Scriptures and you see this baptism of the Holy Spirit taking place all throughout the New Testament, this is the unending result. Boldness to preach the Gospel. There are other signs and things like that that accompany it, but the number one chief reason what Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit is boldness to proclaim the gospel, short and sweet, to advance the kingdom of God. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour, nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. 
And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Now that's very important. All flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants. Even the Greeks. Even the Greeks will get the Spirit of God. Even foreigners People outside the nation of Israel will get the Spirit of God. You mean you don't have to be an Israelite to receive the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I will pour out My Spirit on all flesh. The church is born today. And I will show you wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone, and that's a true statement. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. True statement. Men of Israel, he goes on. I love the boldness of Peter here because he's filled with the Spirit at this point. He may not be speaking, he may be speaking in the known tongue that he knows, but he's still filled with that fire from the Holy Spirit. Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Peter is not backing down. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me. Always for he is at my right hand, and I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. When I see lots of death, when I see tragedy on the news, when I see accidents take place and people die, when my family members pass away, this is courage, encouragement for me. Because Jesus has defeated the one thing that people fear the most. And that is death. He has defeated death. And so we don't need to be afraid, even though it's kind of scary sometimes. But if we really look at it, it's amazing. And we really have nothing to fear. He knows our last breath. He knows your last breath. He knows it. And so, go for it. He knows your last breath. All right. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he was both died and buried, and his tomb is with us today. Bring therefore a, uh, being therefore a prophet and knowing that God has sworn an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. That he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. 
being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received the fa- from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the, into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So, Peter continues, and I'll wrap up with these last verses. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. This boldness of the Spirit just cut them to the heart. They were convinced, but now they needed to know what to do. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are afar off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself. It's a new world. It's for everybody. The promises for you and for your children and for everyone. And this is kind of a dual meaning because it meant something very particular for especially the Jewish people there. But it also is the whole wide realm of Gentiles, everybody, although they may not have actually understood it fully yet. And so, in verse 40, with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 people. So I want to encourage you today, because this is, you guys are so special. I come to church, and I just, I sit in the back, with my son this morning, and I was just looking around at you guys. I'm like, man, such quality people. Really humble hearts, tender. What do I want for them? I want grace upon grace, fullness. I want you to be satisfied through all the emotional things going on, through all of the hardship, the heartache, through all the hopes and possibilities, and sometimes the ups and downs, the roller coasters, the dashed things, the crud in our families. Ask Jesus for more of his spirit and he will give it to you. Amen.